Chicken. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. morning happy thursday to you hope your day is starting off well it's a little chilly outside but it's nice fall weather even though we're still hoping to have a few last blasts of warm weather it'll be a little it'll be nice this weekend on sunday at least when i'll be out taking part in the podkawa 5k for south coast health we're going to find out more about that later on this morning with Dr. John Podkawa, uh, it is his wife that the 5K is named in honor of, Nicole Podkawa. And we're going to find out her story. We're going to find out about the charitable foundation that this benefits and how it helps families that are battling cancer. And uh, so all of that will be coming up later on in the 8 o'clock hour. And hopefully some of you will come out and take part in the 5K on Sunday. Uh, we'll be uh, down there broadcasting live. And then once the the walk starts, I'm going to get out there and, well, the the walk, the run, depending on how you handle a 5K, I'm going to be walking. So if you want to register and walk alongside with me, you can do that. I don't know how fast I'll be going, so don't let me hold you up if you're going to move a little quicker than I am. And if you're going to move a little slower than I am, I'm happy to keep pace with you because this is my first time out. I've done one 5K before. A couple of years ago, actually probably like 10 years ago now, I had lost probably about 25 pounds or so, and I was feeling pretty good. And at the time I was married and my wife was working with me and one of our coworkers convinced her that we should take part in a 5K that raises money for breast cancer awareness and that it would be easy for us to, to do this, even though we had, we had never done one before. And so, you know, we built up, we did some neighborhood walks and, you know, it's, it's not that long of a distance. It's, it's 3.2 miles. But what we didn't take into account is that it was a 5k walk run through Brockton and through some not great neighborhoods of Brockton. That was a Sunday afternoon, Sunday, late morning, early afternoon, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like we we're walking through these areas in the middle of the night. But here's myself and her and my sister-in-law and my son, who was probably like eight or nine at the time. And we walked from Brockton High School, where the walk started, all the way to Brockton Hospital. I think, no, wait. Not the one that's right next to the high school. The one that's on the other side of the city, over by Massasoit Community College. And so it was It was a good walk. I mean, we definitely enjoyed the process. It was just some of the areas were like, um, 
I wish we could run a 5K right now. My son was like, can we stop for a minute? No, no, not here. <laughs> keep going, keep going. But uh, we, we had a lot of fun and raised some money, and hopefully we can do the same for the Podcala 5K on Sunday. If you go to southcoasthealth.org, you can find all the information about it. You can also find all the people who are collecting donations. If you want to f- find my name and donate some money to the to the cause, you can also donate directly to South Coast Health. You can also, you know, walk yourself and get your own sponsors. Whatever it is that you want to do, however it is that you want to participate. So again, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on, but the weather is going to be nice. It's going to be like partly cloudy and 71 degrees on Sunday. So it should be a, a great day for getting out there and doing it. It starts at 9 a.m. Patriots are on late. So you should have plenty of time to get out there, get it done, grab a late breakfast, early lunch, go home, take a nap, get up and watch the Patriots. I will be, uh, I will be doing that, but I'll also be getting ready because starting next week, I've got my October spooky season kicking off with presentations all over the place. And Monday night is my first one. So I didn't, I didn't even waste any time. October 2nd, I'll be out there. Uh, So I will be putting all the finishing touches on some of the updates to the presentations I'm giving this year. And then I'll see you in November. (laughs) Because October just flies by for me after that. Spooky season, as we call it. And uh, so if you want to call in today, 508-996-0500. If you want to send in app chat messages on the WBSM app, you can do that. If you want to send in open line voicemails on the WBSM, you can do that as well. Later on this morning uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, we will start giving you your codes, your 10 codes for the day to try to win Trump's money. You can enter those in at WBSM.com or on the app. I'm still seeing some numbers put into app chat. Joe in New Bedford, that's not the way to enter. You have to go to the Win Trump's Money page on the app. And if you don't see the money bag icon, when you open up the WBSM app right in the middle there of your screen, well, actually, it's on the left, but it's in the middle bar of buttons. Right on the left, you'll see the money bag icon, and it says Win Trump's Money. If you don't see that there, delete your app and reinstall your app. And then that should give you the latest update. That should make it so that you can easily get there and put the code in the right spot. If you haven't downloaded the WBSM app yet, please do. Why not? You're listening to the station anyway. You're going to hear these codes. You might as well play along. Because every time you hear that code and you type it into... That entry point, and again, you don't have to have the app. You can do it on the website too, but the app makes it easiest. You've always got your phone right there with you. A lot of you are listening to the stream already on your phone, so you've even got the app open already. So you just open that up, type in the code, enter it to enter yourself into Win, and there it's going to be a hundred dollars every hour. There's a hundred dollar prize every hour throughout the day, between eight a.m. and through the five p.m. hour. And then every time you enter, you're also entered for the grand prize of $30,000. And wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice this time of year? Some of you might be turning the heat on a little earlier than you'd hoped. 
I saw a photo today, this morning on Facebook of one of my friends who started a fire in the fireplace this morning and said this technically doesn't count as turning the heat on. I generally hold off until November. Mainly because, like I said earlier, I'm usually not home that much in October. I'm running around so much, especially back when I was still covering the Patriots. And I was going to Gillette Stadium for all the home games. I would be up there all day. People think, oh, that must be great covering a game. And it is. It's a lot of fun. And you get a very unique perspective of things. You get a great seat. You're at the game. You're at the stadium. But you're also in a nice heated press box. It's a little bit detached from the game experience. So if you go to Gillette Stadium and sit in the stands, you're surrounded by all the sounds and the smells and, you know, the experience of being there with everybody else in the press box. You're it's like it's like being in an office building that just has a big window that overlooks a football field. It's not an open air press box. It's not it's not even like Bob Kraft's box where they can be in the back where there's glass and then they can go sit down in those seats that are actually out in the stadium outdoors. It's not even like that. It's just glass. You're just behind glass the whole time. And it's great in the wintertime. But it's a long day. A 10 a.m., a a 1 o'clock game, you would get there around 10 a.m. and you would probably leave around... 9 or 10 p.m. A 4 o'clock game, you probably get there around 1. And a lot of, especially a lot of uh, writers would try to get there in time to sit and watch the 1 o'clock games because they had multiple TVs in the press box where you could watch all the games. And, of course, they feed you before, during, and after the game. And then... One o'clock game, uh, four o'clock game would probably get you home. Eleven o'clock midnight, but those night games—Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night—first of all, you have to leave early, or else you're going to hit regular traffic, and that's going to cause a problem. And then when you do go to leave later, the good thing is, by the time the media is leaving, all the Traffic is over. But it also meant you're leaving at like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. So it's, it is fun, but it was a lot of work. And I did that for 20 seasons. And I can't believe that. It, it just, it went by. But anyway, yeah, I'm sure you don't care about all that. If you do go out and walk in the 5K though, on Sunday, as I said, you'll be back in home in time to catch the New England Patriots when they visit the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. We have kickoff here on WBSM at 425 and pregame on WBSM at 130. The New England Patriots on WBSM are brought to you by Shooting Supply, Primacare, and D&J Enterprises. So you got to get out and do some stuff on Sunday. That's all right. We've got you covered. Pop in. You can't you can't hear it on the app. We run 
other programming on the app, but you can get a little Walkman, carry that with you. Remember those? I was going to all the different antique stores that I go to, and one of the things I was looking for for a while was a little transistor radio. Just because I don't have a little portable radio. And the ones that they make now, if you go to Walmart or whatever and buy one of those cheap plastic ones, they're horrible. And they don't get any reception. I was like, no, no, I want a 70s transistor radio. But the problem with those is most of them, somebody left batteries in them too long. And they operated on 9-volt batteries and they're all corroded on the inside and useless. But I'll, I'll find the right one. I was out bargain hunting yesterday, but for clothes. Went to... um. Well, it's funny because I went over to TJ Maxx in Dartmouth. And while I was there, I said, let me walk over to GameStop because my brother works there. So I was like, let me see if Mike's here and didn't see him there. But then I went into Barnes and Noble because it's Halloween season. And I wanted to see how many copies they have of my book, Ghost of the South Coast. So I went in and I see all these signs for Steve Gonzalez from Ghost Hunters for his new book. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And then I look and I see Steve Gonzalez. Book signing tonight, 6 p.m. And I looked at my watch and I was like, it's 5.30. Steve's going to be here any minute. And I know Steve going all the way back to when that show first started. A lot of people don't realize this, or maybe maybe you do, but he's a New Bedford native originally. He was born here. He moved when he was about five years old. But he was born in New Bedford at St. Luke's. And so uh, it looked like from what I saw on social media, there was a good turnout. I didn't stick around. I went over to JCPenney to do some more shopping. And I was so excited. And I'm just going to share all of my weight loss stuff with you guys because it's my, you're, you're my sounding board for all this. So if you ever don't want to hear it, just tune me out. Call in, send an app chat message saying we don't care. But I was very excited because I went into JCPenney and for the first time in I don't know how long, I was able to shop downstairs at the Dartmouth Mall JCPenney. Those of you who, like me, need the big and tall section, you know what I'm talking about. You have to go upstairs to the big and tall section to get the clothes that you need. And I went up there first by force of habit. Found a shirt that I was like, hmm, I really like this. I, I, I'm i going to try to see if I can get into a 2X on this, see if that's not too small. And I put it on and it was too big. And unfortunately, I couldn't find an XL in that shirt, but I found a whole bunch of other clothes that fit me downstairs on clearance. So I cleaned up. I got a, about seven or eight shirts for 80 bucks. And that's why I say all the time, that's where I go to buy my clothes. It's better quality than what you're going to get at Walmart. And if you do it right, you're paying the same or less. So I'm pretty happy. That should get me through at least till I drop down a size. And because they're nice JCPenney clothes, you can throw them up on uh, Poshmark or one of those sites and make a little money back which that's going to be one of my projects for October. And the very little free time I have is to take all of my clothes that are too big and stuff that I can put up for sale, do that. 
other stuff, just go and donate. But I got to get it out of the house because I'm not going back to that. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break and we'll be back in a few moments. Hello. Just in case you couldn't pick it up from what the lyrics were about in that song. It was originally not titled Star Collector. It was something else that young girls were interested in about stars. So, um, but anyway, I play that song Star Collector by the Monkees because the Star Store may not be in operation anymore, but UMass Dartmouth is still collecting those tuitions. And New Bedford Light has a story this morning uh, by Colin Hogan taking a look at a letter that was sent from 17 students who were attending Star Store or supposed to attend Star Store this, this year and how they sent that letter to Chancellor Mark Fuller and the school administration and also how they went and questioned the governor. Governor Healy was doing a radio appearance and these students used that opportunity to question her about what was going on. They requested a meeting and Governor Healy told them they were going to get that meeting. But the university, according to this letter that um, these students sent, the university has refused to meet with the students. They've actually, they sent to this letter and other administrators on September 22nd, and they were asking for a September 29th meeting. And as of this writing from Colin Hogan, which was published yesterday, they still had not heard whether or not they're going to get that meeting. Nor So the administration did not respond to the students or to New Bedford Light regarding that potential meeting. But they are looking for financial reimbursement. And I said that. I, I talked about this with Jack Spillane. I use the term fraud. And Jack was reluctant to, to utilize that term because, as he said, it's a, it's a legal term. And you would need to be found at fault for that. But I, it, it's fraud to say to these students, we're going to have... They knew. The school knew they weren't going to be utilizing that building this year, but they still collected that tuition without any notice that there would be changes in campus facilities. And when people say, well, well, what's the big deal? They're still providing classrooms for them to learn. Well, 
yes and no. They're providing space, but even so, a lot of that space isn't ready yet. And as Colin reports in this, they're working out of people's basements. One of the professors is letting them use their her house as a studio. But a lot of them have rented apartments near where the Star Store would have been. So they probably rented these apartments so that they could walk everywhere. They might not have the transportation to get to everywhere they need to be. And if you had given them notice and given them time, they could have made arrangements. But instead, you told them two weeks before school was starting, oh, we're closing down that facility. So as you know, the Boston Globe had an editorial about this. You know the New Bedford Light has been following it very closely. The governor is starting to pay attention. But here's the other problem. October midterms are coming up. And the students really haven't learned much yet. As, as Jack was telling us, they've done a lot of field trips, but not a lot of hands-on experience. So they, they're wondering, what are we going to be graded on? What are these midterms going to consist of? We can't create the projects we would have normally created because we don't have the facilities yet. So here, New Bedford Light has their complete letter. But let me just tell you about what they are seeking, the students are seeking, in compensation for what happened. Financial reimbursement for services you failed to provide in the dates outlined above and in the time which will pass until we are once again empowered with workable pre- excuse me, pre-professional facilities complete with the equipment and resources of the facility we were shown upon our acceptance to the MFA program. And that's a key point of contention for these students is we came here because we thought we were going to have access to this equipment and to these facilities. And now they're being given less than that. Post-graduation support to compensate for the ongoing dismantling of our careers as emerging professional artists. I don't know what they're looking for in terms of post-graduation support. Increased support for students in the workable in unworkable interim period. We request that you meet with us next week as a group and in person to discuss the above in more detail and the following steps. And again, it's signed by 17 students of the CVPA. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Oh, hold on. There we go. There you are. Hey, Tim, you know, and this probably sounds a little bit superficial, but once you've been at UMass Dartmouth for three years in, in, the, in the art class, and now, now in your fourth year, you're going to be working out of the downtown campus. It's almost as if you've earned that spot and, you know, you've worked hard for it. And now you're in a kind of almost an, an elite position, so to speak, as a student. And not really, but, but kind of. You've earned it. And, uh, and, and not to tell anybody that and take it away from them, you know, on that, when they've, uh, you know, reached their fourth year there, it kind of is certainly fraud in a sense or deception of some type, I would think so. Not telling them that two years before, a year before when they knew things were going down and they knew that things weren't going to be working out. I have a very good friend who went to UMass Dartmouth in her 40s and worked full time and became an arts, you know, was an art student and, um, uh, she ended up being at the downtown campus, and she looked so forward to that, you know, uh, at, at, at her final year. 
And I, I, I agree. I definitely agree with you. That definitely is fraud. I would call it fraud. You know. Or yeah, and and I yeah. think they they might have a, a case for it if if the school Absolutely. doesn't offer them some kind of compensation. It sounds like they're ready to push this as far as they need to push it. Absolutely, no, absolutely, I agree. And it's too bad that it's only now starting to get a little bit more attention and traction behind it because this should have been an issue last year, you know, or six months ago, maybe not, not you know, well, not and, in September. You and know? although it might have been, you know, it was still going to be a tough pill to swallow either way. If you had told everybody at the end of last school year. That would have been a far better situation or try to, you know, piece things together for one more year and told them, you know, told them now at the end of this year, we're going to be closing the campus. Had they given that much notice, I think people would be, they'd be upset, but at least they wouldn't feel like this was something that's been done completely in the shadows. Right. And that, and I hate to say it, it doesn't really matter left or right, but this is just typical, you know, typical politics. You know what I mean? It's, it's sad. It really is sad. And, um, and, and it's just too bad. It really is. But I'm glad that Jack has been running with it, and you are now, too, as well. I'm really glad to see that because it does it, – it deserves the attention that it needs, you know, and to keep it, to keep it moving for sure. You know? Absolutely. So yeah. All right. Thank you so much. You have a good day. You too. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. How's it going? Good. Um, you said you said some, some pretty key words there about the governor, that she's starting – to pay attention um it's sad that she's just now starting to pay attention because she had callers call in to a radio station to well, question her about it I, let me be fair that's that's just my characterization no, so i, know, I don't I, know, I don't know how much she's been involved in this you know we've been getting the, the the blanket statements from her spokespeople from the beginning of this but i don't know how much she was paying attention yeah, that's just an intern writing a press release. So that way, this you know, she looks like she's you know actually paying attention, but she really isn't. You know what she's paying attention to, Tim? She's paying attention if New Bedford has a problem with the wind project. She's paying attention to that. New Bedford has a problem with immigration. She's paying attention to that. When it comes to paying college students, okay, that lost a building that they were that they were that they were learning in and and being utilized by college kids, she don't give a damn. She don't care. I don't know that I don't know that she doesn't care. I just don't know, you know that she feels that in her position there's anything she can do about it. No, and I, yeah, well, that's why that's what I'm saying. She's she's given up. There's no there's nothing she can do about it. So why is she going to keep wasting her time when she has bigger fish to fry? Like where she's going to where she's going to house thousands of illegal immigrant families? Well, I mean, you know think, I mean? Think, or, think about this. If you've got a state legislature that is predominantly the same party as you. I mean, uh, how how much of a battle do you think you can get into them when it comes to being able to to bankroll the continued use of the Star Store? Listen, remember, remember when she was uh, on vacation in Ireland? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that or not. And the budget hadn't even the fiscal twenty twenty four budget hasn't even been rolled out yet, or, or 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 let alone talked about. Remember that she was she was on vacation. Actually, let me. I'm sorry. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She was she was at a, a conference in Ireland, okay. And you know, and, and actually, she was in Newport, Rhode Island, on vacation with her wife. And let her, and and we don't even have a budget. We didn't even have a budget yet. You know, it's just open your eyes, people. You know, open. Your, she's been on vacation more than she's been in that office. You know, so it's like, hey, you guys wanted to vote her in. 
hey, this is what you get. You know what I mean? I'm sorry to say it, but it's it's sick to say it. It really is. You know, it's just, it, it, Tim, I, 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 I've given up on, on humanity. I've given up on society. It's 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 sad, but it really it, it's the truth. You know, people, uh, they, they, the only way to fix this problem that we have in, in today's society with politicians and, uh, you know, just, okay, politicians in general, is to vote them out. Vote them out. Enough with these term limits and everything. Vote them out. We have our term limits. Well, one 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 thing that one thing to do that is you have to have good, competent people that are willing to run against them. You have to have an alternative. Right, right. I mean, and there are plenty of alternatives. There, I mean, there just really is. just look at the New Bedford City Council race. There's a number of ward seats that don't even have a challenger. Well, I mean, look at the um, you know the mayoral race. There's like there's like four or five you know different people that are running. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many of them have, you know, a viable I, chance I, yeah, this time around, but. Right, right, right. Um, you know, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, but that's not what I called in for. I, I just want, I, you know, it's just, it's sick that, that, you know, I think they would get some traction if they were to bring this to the, to the lieutenant governor. You know what I mean? Who I know if, is, if, is aware of it. I know that there's been, people have reached out to her and talked to her about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean. At least, the way I'm looking at it is, at least they, you know, I'm kind of a, I don't know, I don't want to say an optimistic, but, or what do they call those people that I think they're like half glass full, you know, whatever. Optimist? Yeah, an optimist, but I mean, I don't, I don't really know. But anyways, listen, uh, I'm kind of, kind of I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, well, at least they have somewhere to go. You know what I mean? I know they were talking about doing the, the Bed Bath & Beyond thing. Um, I, I don't even know if that's, if that's up and running yet, but... Um, it's it's not exactly from from this article. It's not it's not fully well, functioning. It's not even, up, it's not even up, up and running yet, huh? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they're in school. You know, at least, at least they're getting somewhat of an education, but maybe they're they're not really to full effect yet. You know, of, well, they're not getting education. what they they're not getting what they paid for. So no, that's no, why I think no, they've I got a fair fair case here against the school. UMass Dartmouth should at least look at that and say, okay. Maybe we can, um, you know, reimburse them, you know, whatever for uh, for a, a quarter of the year. You well, they I mean? kn- they know how much when you pay your tuition bill, they know how much each course costs with the course fee, with the lab fee for it, all those associated well, costs. So they could they could easily credit them for that course or for whatever yeah, courses not, were happening in that building. And obviously, if they're not taking the tests on that course, then they're not they're not. You know, if there's like 30 students that that aren't taking a test or they're not getting uh, the teachers not you know logging into that course or whatever, then obviously there's a problem. Well, that's that's what they're worried about is is apparently there have there they have been having those courses, but it hasn't been what they're supposed to be learning. So now they don't know what to expect when it comes to the midterms. And yeah. with that happening, you know, how is that going to affect their grades too? Because you got to think some of them are probably on scholarship, and if their grade changes in any way, they risk losing that scholarship. I mean, I think if um, I think that if we didn't have a uh, illegal immigration, you know, crisis right now on our hands in Massachusetts, and I think that uh, I think that this would be, you know, a little bit more of a spotlight for Governor Healy. Uh, Healy. You know, what I mean, I really, I really do, because she's like I said, she's got her hands tied right now, and See, it's not looking good. Here's here's the way that I look at it, and I know Jack Splain hates it when I say this. I just I don't think that the general public cares about art students. 
You know, and you know, I, I didn't want to say it, Tim, but I think you're spot on with that. Like the general public looks at that and says, go to school and learn something that'll actually get you a job. Like that's that's the perception that. people have of, of the arts. Yeah. I remember driving by that um, that studio, you know, um, late one night. I think it was like you know a, a Thursday or Friday night. I was out to eat with my wife, and we were coming down through uh, downtown, and I looked at it. it was like eleven o'clock at night, and I was watching this guy. I was sitting at that stoplight, and I was watching this guy make something. Man, he was. You know, it's it's amazing when you're driving by that building. You can look right in. You can mm-hmm. see everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it was it was it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. But like yeah, yeah, like you said, you know, it's 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 a dying career. It's a dying art. You know what I mean? It's not really. Well, as as, as Jack's pointed know. out, it, it, that's not the case. But that that seems to be the perception that people have about it, and I think that that's affecting right. people. But now now when the story gets into you know politicians, backroom deals, things not getting brought out into the spotlight, that's when people start to pay attention. I'm, I'm just going to hold you there because I get some other callers, yeah. but you have a good day. And uh, let's uh, take this call here before we got to take a break. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim. This is the other John. How's it going? <laughs> How you doing? Uh, talking on the on the Star Store and, and art, my, um, my perception is, is exactly how you guys ended that last call. The public doesn't believe art is a viable career. And we see that actually going all the way down into the uh, primary schools, right? Your, your high school. What programs are the first ones to get cut when there's budget cuts? Right, yeah. Uh, that's always the first ones to get cut. And music also. Uh, it, athletics is, the, is, is uh, more longstanding, unfortunately, than, than art, right? I mean, for some reason, we favor sports more than uh, art courses and stuff like that, and it's it's very unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to make of it other than the fact that these kids put up money, and they need to be like you were saying. Also, they they need to be reimbursed, or, or something needs to happen to make them whole again. Yeah. Even if it's just crediting them, you know, the whatever courses they were supposed to be taking in that building, because I'm sure, I'm sure not their entire, I'm sure their entire course load wasn't all in that building. Or, you know, if you were taking a class in that building that was classroom instruction, that wasn't, you know, hands-on studio work, and that is shifted to another location, obviously that that translates. But to not right. have access to the same materials for the actual. Uh, studio time itself, then th- something's got to be done about that. And you know what? Even just for a PR perspective, do it. You know what I mean? Even if even if you don't want to s- admit that, you know, you made a mistake here in the way that you rolled this out, just do it now for the fact that, you know, you're trying to get other students to come in, uh, you know, seniors in high school right now that you want to come to UMass are looking at this and saying, well, it looks like they don't care about their students, so why should I go there? Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the biggest things. And if you have a drop in enrollment, then it's even more... Uh, like a, a more of a more of a chance for them to drop other courses because the, the only way they they keep courses open is if they have enrollment and, and if they don't have enrollment they're gonna they're gonna continue to to shrink the shrink the curriculum down and and it's just gonna hurt more and more students and, and you know eventually we we won't even have like a UMass Dartmouth that has. Uh, a, plethora of, of different courses that, that serve the, the population. You're just going to have your basic math, science, and, and English, and it doesn't even make sense. I mean, one of the best courses I ever took there, political assassinations in America, I mean, I can look at people looking at that course and be like, well, what do you need to learn that for? What is it? 
political assassinations in America. I don't even know what that is. Political fascination? Assassinations. Oh, assassinations. Yes. Assass oh. It was they, a have a course on, they have a course on that? Like political assassinations, like the, the character uh, of a different politician assassinating the character of certain politicians? Or no, no, actual, actual murders, yes. Studied JFK, really? RFK, MLK. We also looked at some international ones. Um, our, the professor who started that, that course, Dr. Philip Melanson, he's since passed away. But oh. he, he was one of the world's foremost experts in the RFK case, and that's why you have all the RFK archives over there in the, uh, in the UMass Dartmouth Library. No kidding. That, mm -hmm. that's actually, that actually is very interesting. Like, as, a, as an elective, that's extremely um, interesting. Like, it, was, it was one of my political science courses. Like it was, it was something that it was very hard to get into. And somehow I got into it my freshman year, I think, or, or maybe, maybe it was my sophomore year, but no kidding. yeah. And it was, it, it, it was one of the best courses I ever took in my life. Not only just cause I enjoyed the subject matter, but because it, you know, changed the way that I think about things. So, right. All right. Did you, did you end up watching, um, the, the debate last night? I did not. No, I got home by the time I got home, it was pretty late and I had to do a little bit of work and then crashed. Yeah, it, it was. Definitely interested in some some rising not rising stars, but Chris Christie actually had a pretty good night. He uh, slammed down Vivek a little bit, and um, Nikki Haley I think came out on top. Uh, DeSantis kind of he he did okay, but I think Nikki Haley took the spotlight, and I think that's good for her. I, I'm I'm on board with Nikki Haley now. I was with Will Hurd, but I don't think he has a shot in hell. Uh, but Nikki Haley I think is going to be our best bet. Uh, to oppose Joe Biden and uh, you know the the Democratic Party in, in the White House, but I, I'm right now I'm I'm on board with with Nikki Haley. I think she did. She was the most professional in regards to every, just about every question. She had some snarky comments. She even told uh, Vivek, you know, we're we're all getting a little dumbo every time you speak or something to that effect. <laughs> well, uh, I do. I, I, I did DVR it, so I'm looking forward to catching it. Yeah, I just I can't I, I I can't stand Vivek. He's just a a loud mouth, and I call him the podcaster in chief. I've been calling that since the first debate. Uh, <laughs> it's just you know he's just an annoyance. But Nikki Haley and Chris Christie and DeSantis all all came out. Those three came out on top. The other guys, I, I don't even know what. And and he runs ads on your station, uh, Bergham. Yeah, like you have so much money that you you came to New Bedford. To, to run ads in a blue state for the GOP nomination. Well, I, I just think he wants to increase his, his visibility and, you know, maybe this benefits him somewhere down the line, but it, it, he's got no chance this year. I got to hold you there, though. Got to take a break. Care, Thank you so much. Have a good day. And uh, we are going to take a break. If we don't get to you callers, don't worry. We will. Uh, we've got all morning to talk, but right now I have to take a break. Be back in a few. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBS. Whoops, my fault. No. Hold on. No, no, story. no. Don't do that. Give me a second here. I will get this correct. Uh, we. I told Phil he doesn't have to do the half-hour newscast, so that's my fault. Give me one second. Oh, man. Now I really messed it up. I'm not going to narrate exactly everything that I have to do here. All right. We'll be back in a few.